This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. As I believe you know, in the Gospels, the accounts of Jesus' resurrection are all telling the same truth about the Son of God's rising from the dead, but the details and the chronology are different. They're not scientific histories, so Christians traditionally just enter into them and see what God reveals through the different accounts. The chronology of Jesus' resurrection, ascension, and the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost that we follow in the celebration of the Easter season and in the liturgy is from the Acts of the Apostles. So in that first reading, we just heard the beginning of the first chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. I encourage you to just reread this in the upcoming days. It's the one account, one full account of the ascension. So Jesus' disciples, the authors say, experience in the act, experience his rising, and he appears to them in various ways for 40 days in this account. The scripture writers say that he speaks to them about the kingdom of God. I know you know this. The kingdom of God is the central message theme of Jesus's preaching before his death and resurrection. The kingdom of God is the final stage of humanity that Jesus begins and that ends eternally. Anybody who lives as a disciple of Jesus becomes part of this kingdom of God if you really choose to follow him. So after his resurrection, the fathers of the church actually tell us Jesus teaches all these things that he's taught before in the light of his resurrection. His disciples now know he's not just a great teacher. He's not just a godly person. He is God. He is God who has become a human being. Everything he's taught them about the kingdom of God is fully true. So in those 40 days, Jesus must weigh open their minds and their souls about this kingdom that he's been teaching them from the first time he met them. Scripture writers say that in the passage, Jesus tells them one thing during this period. I'm sure he tells them many things, but one thing he tells them to do is to remain in Jerusalem. They're going to experience a baptism in the Holy Spirit that's been promised by God. They could have no idea what this is. You and I know it's Pentecost, but he says, remain in Jerusalem, and you will experience this baptism in the Holy Spirit. That is the fullness of the experience of Easter. It's when the power of Jesus' resurrection is not some, no longer something external, it's something that enters them. So Jesus and the disciples at the Ascension are outside of Jerusalem, a place called the Mount of Olivet, and right before he ascends, in the passage we just heard, they ask him a question. The question is, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
Exactly where they're coming from doesn't matter. I presume it's something like all this great kingdom of God stuff that grows on this earth is it going to happen now in Israel? This is a superb question. It's from people who really are following Jesus. They really, obviously, believe he's God now. It's about their future because he's been talking about this kingdom. It's a really excellent question. All this good, is it going to unfold now? Jesus gives a response. It's a complete response. And I really press you to spend time reflecting on this because this is about our lives today. Three parts of the response. The first part is, it is not for you to know the times and the seasons that God the Father has for the specifics about what you're asking. He doesn't say it's a stupid question. It's an excellent question. He doesn't say anything negative about the question. He answers the first part of it directly. You want to know the timing of this. You're not going to know because God doesn't reveal these things. Why does this matter? I have a spouse with Alzheimer's and I'm trying to care for my spouse and I'm doing this for God because I promised myself to God with this spouse. God, I would just like to know, are things going to be okay within five years? I have a child I'm trying to raise. I'm honestly trying to raise this child to be a disciple of Jesus. This child is all over the place. God, if I work at this, if I teach this child, catechize this child, can you just tell me that by 18, this child's gonna be okay? I have a child in Lawrence, and this is a dangerous place, and I want no harm to come to my child. I'm really working to give this child a safe upbringing. God, can you just tell me that this child is gonna be safe? Okay, how about just God for, for this one year? It's a really good question. I have cancer. I am trying to live as a follower of Jesus. I will go through this treatment. God, will you just give me the assurance that within a year and a half, I will be healthy? These are good questions. And the answer is almost always no. You're not going to be given the timing. First part of the response. Second part of the response is you will be given power when you receive the Holy Spirit. This is huge. When you receive the Holy Spirit, what is the power that it turns out they receive? The full power of Jesus' resurrection, the reality of God's conquering sin, death, evil, everything that's not of God. You will receive this power at the core of your soul. You, again, I encourage you, when you go home, read that second reading from St. Paul. You will receive God at the depth of your soul who will give you the answers that you're seeking fundamentally to your questions, who will lead you through whatever this life brings, who will give you all the hope you're looking for. You, you're asking about the timing. You're not going to know about the timing, but what you're asking for, you're going to get it. You're going to get the answer to every desire that's good, the freedom from everything that could harm you, you're going to get salvation 
And then there's third part, third and final part of this. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Samaria and Judea, and to the ends of the earth. Again, I, I know many of you know this. I'm stating the obvious. You want to know about the kingdom of God in the future. No, you're not going to get details about most of it in terms of timing. You are going to receive salvation, and it's going to unfold in you because you're going to get out there and live as my witnesses to everybody. No one's excluded. Living as a witness of Jesus is living his love in word, in action, out in the open. You're going to share that power with everybody. That's the rest of your life. No details about what that's going to mean, but that's what you're going to do. When I am wondering about my adult child with addiction, to whom I am giving all of my time to try to lead this person to some sort of sobriety, and I ask God, can you just let me know that this kid is not going to die in the next year, that it's going to fundamentally be okay. The answer is no. You're not going to get the one-year prediction or the one-year revelation. You have the power of salvation within you. You witness to Jesus with that kid, and that's the answer to the question. It totally changes the way I otherwise might choose to live. I have gotten myself in trouble. God, I have recommitted myself to you. If I continue to try to live in you, can you tell me I'm going to be out of trouble, let's just say by 2026? No. It is not for you to know about the timing. You have the power of salvation within you. Get out there and live as a witness, and that will be the answer that you seek. Final conclusion the rest of the uh, passage. Jesus ascends to heaven. They are staring at the sky. They physically witness Jesus ascend to heaven. This detail, it, this must have taken place historically because why would you make this up? Two angels appear and ask, men of Galilee, why are you staring at the sky? Well, one love, because it's the Son of God. <laughs> He's ascending to heaven. It's never happened before. It's never going to happen again. Imagine if they're looking at it, it's like, hey, is that a bird? Of course they're staring. It's to, I presume it's something like this. It's time to get moving. He's ascended to heaven. What did he tell you? He told you, remain in Jerusalem. Get back to Jerusalem. And that's what they do. There is nothing but good staring at Jesus ascending. And now he's ascended. Get moving. Get back to Jerusalem. And they do it. My concluding push for you is, whatever part of you wishes that salvation unfolds differently, you know, really, you wish you knew the details about the future. You don't like the fact that the answer to your question is salvation and putting it into practice. If you're still one of those people struggling with, I don't feel comfortable evangelizing, if any of this is not what you're looking for, you're here because you know he ascended. He really ascended. And you got to get going. So I'd encourage you as we live the next 10 days of this season, get going. Just do what he says, listen to this, accept it, 
just get going. No more staring. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.